Hello, and welcome to the Liberty Squadron podcast. My name is Chance Crawford, and today I am joined by Paul Raggins. Hey, hey! Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> and along with that, we also have Rob Neisler. Hello there. All right, so we have a pretty full episode today. We have quite a bit to talk about, I do believe. Uh, so first off, I wanted to talk about some uh, events that happened. Uh, so last weekend, we had two tournaments to talk about. There was a local tournament here at East Coast Gamers, uh, which I was at. Uh, and the uh, final table was myself versus uh, Brett, local local player and uh, Jedi scum. Um, I'm going to keep this short because Brett destroyed me. It was a pretty bad loss. <laughs> Uh, turns out uh, uh, low initiative ships versus Jedi on scramble with high initiative is not a fun time. Um, which, funny thing is, scramble is something we're going to talk about later. Uh, but overall, fun tournament, some fun little notes. Uh, there was a extremely almost alarming amount of um, First Order players. Uh, there were four first order lists, myself included, and five resistance lists. The resistance thing doesn't surprise me too much because East Coast gamers and like Red Seal gamer players are resistance fans. I don't know what's wrong with you people. Um, take that as you will. But uh, the first order took almost all of the slots except first. Thanks to thanks to Brett. Uh, but always thanks, shout out to uh, Mike Bird, another awesome event. Always try to make it out to his events if you can. It's always a great time. Mike is just, he's one of the best, and we are extremely lucky to have him in our community. Uh, the other event that happened, on the other hand, was the Sith Taker Open, which was a little bit bigger than the East Coast Gamers Tournament. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to our uh, local resident, Paul, here to talk about the top table and some of the lists at the Sith Taker Open. Oakley dokely, trying to do this so I don't deafen anyone. It's appreciated. Um, <laughs> top table Sith Taker. What can I say? Fun, um, you know what? I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, and I apologize. I don't speak Dutch, so I'm going to try. I'm not going to try the second name. Fan versus English local legend Tom Reed of the Sith Takers. Starting with Fan's list, which, hang on, when my internet loads. Anakin Skywalker in the Delta 7B, crack shot shield upgrade R4P17, Obi-Wan in the CLT Ether Sprite with elusive and a shield upgrade, Contrail, crack shot shield upgrade Alpha 3B Besh title. That's the changing your. I, yeah. Or, yeah. Yep. And Hawk with dedicated Agile Gunner and 7 3 Gunner. Now, I'm going to be honest, Agile Gunner was a surprise. I saw it in the list and I thought, this is interesting. I've not really seen a lot with Agile Gunner before as far as I can remember but apparently it worked well for him um, I think it's become at... a, a relatively common 
upgrade for the lat because you're you're really you're you're really just worried about making sure you have the the arc in the right place for both seventh fleet and for fire convergence. Uh-huh. So there's all the other gunners and crew you can take on there. Really, it's just about making sure you have your arc in the right place and giving the lat the ability to move the arc, move and then still potentially like focus or reinforce to keep itself alive yeah. a little longer. Uh, definitely makes uh, a difference. I, I think the Agile Gunner has become kind of one of the go-to uh, upgrades on the lat when, as far as pure 7th Fleet Gunner lats. <clears throat> That's Agile fair. Gunner uh, is one of those cards in the game that kind of got beaten points-wise until it was like acceptable to use. When that card first came out, it was 10 points, but now it's a really good bargain, uh-huh. especially for yeah. the loadout system where the game currently is now. It yeah. makes Agreed. a lot of sense. I mean, dedicated, like, why not? I remember, I remember a day at the beginning of 2.0 where if the disca- if the choice was between Luke Skywalker Gunner and Agile Gunner on the Falcon, you still took Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and double the cost. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah, but it was just better still. Um, so he played Tom Reed, one of the extra famous Reed family, a dynasty of excellent X-Wing players in the UK, who was flying Boba Fett. With Fearless, a jamming beam, proton bombs, contraband cybernetics, the Slave One title, Ahsoka, and veteran tail gunner. Rook cast in the gauntlet with Notorious, the Mandalorian, the Child, Drop Seat Bay, contraband cybernetics, and Swivel Wing, and Kanan in the Hawk with Maul. It, it, it's three ships gone. Once again, proving that Boba Fett shouldn't have crew under Gunner Slot. Once again, proving or any that. loadout points, or be allowed in the game at all. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to get off my high horse right now because I've just lost half our viewership. Um, if what Scum is doesn't have Boba Fett, they have nothing. No, Good. no, I'm going to rephrase Good. that for you. Scum is Kanan the faction. Mm, this is true. You start a scum list with Kanan with Maul, and then you build the rest from there. Now, Boba's a very common choice because you know, Boba. But everything starts with with Kanan. Yeah, it's almost like making your opponent roll less dice is strong. Turns out, uh, neutering your opponent's offense is good. And also, it's like almost having three force ships in your list is strong. <laughs> because, as we know, my in my opinion, on multiple force using lists is basically cheating. It's also I'm looking so I'm looking at both of their records right now. They make it to final table in the cup. Both of them lost round one. <laughs> Both of them lost played? round one. Uh, Tom played approach. Jonas, who was flying a Republic list. Uh, hang on, if I can get... Where are we? Play results. Yeah, Order I down. think that game might have been on stream. They had very similar, uh, if not almost exactly the same uh, lists. Uh. Yeah, I'm not... <laughs> Surprised. I mean, I could. I so Joan, he played Jonas, who had the only difference is his contrail build is crack shot, delayed fuses, yeah. proton, R7, and Besh. But and Hawk, Anakin, and Obi are exactly the same. Farn played Daniel Athey, who was running a separatist list round one. Okay, really? Separatists? Mm, yeah, apparently it works for some people. Apparently, it works for some people. Not for me. And it was a Dooku list too. 
Yeah, was it? Uh, um, What's it called? And it's custom Dooku, not oh, not SL. So the list. Was yeah, that's where I was going with that. Is it Dooku, SL Dooku? But no. Dooku, Grievous, Dirge, DFS eighty one, and Iron Assembler. So interesting. I wish I would have liked to have seen that game. That would have been an interesting game. That would have been a good one. And he got he lost hard too. If you look at it in round one, he lost twenty two yep. to four. Been there. That's happened to me before. Yep. <laughs> and then ended up winning the whole thing. So yep. Take that, that has not happened to me before. Destroyed round one. Uh, don't let it completely dash your hopes. It, it's the forty k strategy. It's tactical submarining, which isn't as good of an idea necessarily with some of the new tournament point strength of schedule. No things not at all yeah yeah it doesn't work like it used to but hey apparently but, it works for some people but if all you've got to do is go four and one yes after once you've made cut you've made cut it doesn't matter after that does it nope uh one list i want to talk about uh just because it surprised me the daylights out of me was uh ollie pocknell Flying uh, Major Vermeil, my one of my personal favorites. Soon Tier Fell, Boy Vader, and Moff Gideon. I I blinked once when I saw this game, and I had to like check the date on my phone to make sure this wasn't like three four years ago, and we were playing 1.0 or 2.0 because it looks like a 2.0 list. It's because it is. Yeah. Basically, it's a 2.0 list that now has the benefit of loadout points and the ability to squeeze in an extra ship. Yes, and that Moff Gideon can really make those shots from Vermeil, Soontir, Invader hurt. Uh, but also, Gideon with a cloaking device and elusive can just circle around an objective the entire game, not shooting, not being <laughs> shot at, and just scoring point after point after point after Potentially. point. Potentially, he can, he can, he can lose the cloaking device. He can lose the cloak, but he's by the time that happens, he's probably not going to be the thing you're worrying about. True, especially not at three points. True. I mean, it it is the 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 trick here is it is only a four four ship list. Major mm -hmm. Vermeil is not long for this world. He's, he's incredibly squishy. One agility worth five points. Mm -hmm. You're, he's going to die. Yeah. Um, and I want to point out that's almost the exact same build I used in my uh, my Trip Reapers. Uh, I just didn't use uh, Ion Limiter. Um, but like, I, I just love the idea of a barrel rolling Tie Reaper after sleeping. Oh sure, sure. I, I always thought about trying sleep. it. Slip, barrel roll, hark focus. <laughs> like, and surprise, I'm initiative four. Hello. Yo. Oh, and he has force. Yeah. And he can do hard maneuvers and still get a focus yep. because of hark. Yep. He uh, can do hard maneuvers, barrel roll, and do a focus because of hark. Yep. <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a nasty list, and it's got some pretty rough offense between Vermeil Vader. Uh, soon here, and then Gideon kind of yeah pushing it through. But I I won't lie, I was still impressed that he made it as far as he did because most Vermeil and Gideon necessarily don't mind too much for like crates or objectives, but soon here lives and dies by his tokens, mm -hmm. um, and his just his actions. 
So it's it's and, just been and, nice seeing a Suntier actually on the table because he's been uh, absent from our hearts. He's been he's been no he's never been absent from our hearts. He's just been absent from our minds. Okay, true, very true. Um, I mean that yes, I I agree. This is a list that we've not seen in a while. But you have to remember who's flying it. You know, this guy's world champion for a reason. True, true. Um. I didn't get to see any of the stream games, and I'm not sure if Ollie played on stream. But from uh, I what I know he... of Ollie, he's a very, very calculated player. Like, he doesn't rush into things with his aces like a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. I believe his cut game was streamed. I don't. Okay. I watched them all, but I, 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 op I will openly admit I don't remember right now. Uh, it's been a bit of a week. But mm. uh, there are some good games. I believe it's the um, Firestorm twitch is the one that uh streamed all of the games from the sith taker it's not i think the so sith taker twitch because i tried that the first time um there's definitely some matches in there uh to go back and watch including that final uh because uh -huh. that was some solid play from fawn against uh against that scum list yeah i caught i caught the final and it was just a case of you know it's almost like moving second with double reposition and still having mods is strong. <laughs> there were also some rough die rolls from from Boba. Yeah, well, uh, and when you only I have would three say you ships, hate. I would say you hate to see it, but sure, do oh, you? No, I'm I'm right there with you. But when you only have three ships, <laughs> all three at least yeah. two of those ships need to put up consistently, or else you're just going to fall behind. Specifically with that list, you also can't afford Boba to be in a bad place early. Yes. Um, but yeah, overall, solid, uh, solid tournament. Definitely some lists to look at, uh, uh -huh. including what specifically just what some of the stuff that made cut, I think, is worth uh, taking note at because it's kind of it's there's the usual suspects, but there's also a couple things that we haven't really seen before uh, which or, or think, in a while or in a while. Exa yeah, exactly. Which I think. I, I just a, a little aside, I think is a good um, a good representation of what the meta is right now. There isn't that one list that's just completely dominating every single event, right? There's no aces of legend or anything like that. That's just winning every nope. single event. There's no uh, quad phantoms, nothing like that. Every nope. there, uh, almost every faction has either won a tournament not not every but they've all been able to like make it into the cut and nothing has yep. felt like an absolute blowout nope but which i think really speaks to the the state of the game right now which is really good because there hasn't been that one glowing list that just this is the list you play if you want to be competitive yeah so there's options which is mm -hmm. very healthy for the game i'm very happy to see the return of the vader mini swarm oh yeah <laughs> eighth place is it? Uh, Vader, custom Vader, pattern analyzer, fire control, magpulse, afterburners, Gideon Hask with elusive, ruthless, cluster missiles on a targeting computer, Iden with elusive and an ion cannon, Moff Gideon with cluster missiles over tune modulators and a targeting computer, and two academy pilots. It's <laughs> a very Eighth offensive place. Moff Gideon. I know. Eighth place overall, piloted by my very good friend and ex-squadron mate, Danny the Sicilian from TNX Squadron in Southeast London. Which I want to point out. Third round, tied nineteen nineteen against Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Wow. <laughs> That's one he'll remember. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, he's still using the same Darth Vader model I painted for him for the 2018 system open. <laughs> there you Aww. go. It's black Dude. with orange solar panels. That's awesome. Nice. Nice. Never painting TIE Fighters again. They're a pain in the ass. Yeah, you painted one for me. Yeah, I know, but yours was less knobbly. This is true. It was uh, for, for perspective, it was a uh, a TIE Baron that I had painted in the black and white uh, First Order colors Yep. for people that aren't Von Reg. Speaking yes. of the TIE Baron and people that aren't Von Reg, have you seen David Sucliffe's list, Chance? I did, uh. and it's really interesting, and it's really cool except that I don't know how to fly tie bombers and I don't know how to properly use electro chaff missiles. The, what the, what I want to point out about this list for us first order fanatics first order, the, the six ship FO has basically boiled down to Malaris, Gallic, scorch DT, and then go from there is the, the best way to, to, to put it. Um, you can do, you know, a fifth FO and recoil. You can do like this listed with the Baron and a TIE Bomber. You can do two SFs. I'm not sure what the right answer is. They're all viable. Um, but it's a very, th those four TIE Fighters for 12 points is an extremely strong base. Yep. Um, and I hope it doesn't get completely nerfed because I you know, that's what happens the first time. I, oh. I don't think it will. I don't think they're going to go up in points. I do think they'll lose a little bit of loadout so they can't take that really precious shield upgrade. Like, I could easily yep. see Scorching <clears throat> TT go down to 7. Uh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or shield upgrade like... going up to 9. That's rough. Or make shield go up to 9. Yeah, That would, that would punish know. everybody else, though. It, it would. Well, they did it with Hull Upgrade. It would yeah. be interesting if anything that modified your total health went up in points or I mean, went on the ban list. That's literally what they did: is shield upgrade yeah. went up and hull upgrade got banned. They sh they could have banned both of them, and I don't th and I think we'd we'd see certainly the Jedi lists we see would be different because you wouldn't be seeing CLT Obi Wan as much. I don't think. I think you'd still see CLT Obi Wan because he's still a double repo i five. With mm -hmm. three force. But people wouldn't be playing him as aggressively. Exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to be as aggressive with him. Um, I don't know. I from playing this list, I worry that without those shield upgrades, the offensive punch of this list becomes the weaker, like the 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 weak point that you easily knock out. Because Scorch and DT have five health, it makes them they don't die as quickly, or if they do die, it takes a large, yeah. if not all, of your opponent's list to take it down. Um, yeah. Without that, ugh. Like right now, looking at this list, my the easiest thing to kill is probably Grudge. In this, oh yeah, list? Grudge goes up yes. in complete flames. Uh well, it's Grudge or potentially then Ember. Ember, and they're also the two most expensive ships in the list. Eh, but four points. I mean, if you're trading up. You're trading up four points to probably five, six, maybe even seven. Like, could you imagine if this list list you lost Grudge and you took out Ray? <laughs> hey, Grudge is a lot of fun. It's doable. And then dropping stuff, it's great because that's oh, sure. a lot of red dice it's putting out. Sure. And I didn't. Uh, I've 
you know the the most interesting upgrade on here that I've never really seen is blazer bombs, which I've never used, and I think I've only ever run into once. I've seen it used. I've never come up against it. It's certainly an interesting choice. I would put it on there just to have fun because it's a newer upgrade, but uh, I probably would go with thermals instead for the same cost, personally. But... Um. Yeah, true, true. It's a, it's, I think it's a bigger blast area than thermals. You just don't get the, the like, one and two drop, but you do get the reroll with Grudge, so... But, uh, I'm yeah. Maniac. I put Prox Mines on my grudge. <laughs> That's what everyone used to do, but you used to be able to fit Prox Mines and Electro Chaff uh, and just make people cry, and now you're not uh-huh. allowed to do that anymore. I wonder why. I, I can't imagine. Crispy! <laughs> you can still do Cluster Mines, though. Yeah. Oh, I've... no, you can't. No, you can't. Oh, no, you can't. You... No, nope. yeah, you're right. Nope. Yeah, I don't think you can... The only, the only like, guaranteed damage one you can do, per se, is Connor Nets. As, like, a something that you... That affects you if you move through it. But all of the move-through, like, Cluster and Proximity, the actual just straight damage ones, you can't fit with Electro Chaff. Except for Breach can fit it, but no one... You're not gonna fly Breach. He's five points for a TIE Bomber. Yeah. It's not going to happen. No. So. But uh, no, Sith Taker Open, like I said, worth uh, worth taking a look at, I would say, especially considering it's really going to be the last large scale event before uh, before Worlds. So uh-huh. I wouldn't say to base your entire world's decision off the Sith Taker Open. But it's definitely worth taking a note as far as what made cut uh, and what did well as far as what you might end up seeing in Swiss. So I'm not sure if the final tables at Worlds are going to look the same, especially because obviously the meta in Europe has always been quite different uh, Uh to the meta here in the States. Uh, so you'll see some of this stuff, but you're also going to see a lot of a lot of other stuff. Like there was a surprising kind of lack of like the boys and kind of stuff, which is extremely common over here. So moving on, though, from those events, uh, and this is like I mentioned from the ECG tournament that I got completely trounced in. Uh, and continuing on the objectives that we're talking about, scenarios, I think we're going to talk about Scramble today. So, um, turn zero with Scramble, a lot simpler, because there's only two objectives, right? There's a lot less to think about. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot less places you can put them, because you're more limited on it. Um, rock placement definitely still important when it comes to scramble uh but i'll go i'll I'll go last but i'll go with each of you so paul what how do you generally speaking what is your preferred plan as far as how you place the objectives in scramble um for objectives i like them to be in a diagonal so that there's no like clear jousting lane that can get you to maybe even three objectives because 
that's not what the mission's about. And I think people who do set them up in that way are like obviously playing to their strengths. Because mm-hmm. if you're setting them up like that, you've probably got a list that can tank anything your opponent has. Um, but I like to have a lot of separation with them as well, so that I know that if I've got an objective, I can probably at least stop my opponent getting to that objective with a ship, two ships, if I have to. Rather than like, there being the opportunity for like everything to just go, I'm just going to go this far forward, and but 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 I now control all three objectives. Especially exactly. since my highest initiative in my list currently is five. If I come across a list with multiple initiative sixes, those objectives are changing hands more than once a turn. <laughs> I ran into that exact scenario. Because mm-hmm. I had I have two I5s and then four I4s in my list, and I went against one I6 and two I5s and one I4, mm-hmm. and I couldn't keep a hold of objectives. They just keep no. flipping back. What... What you have to do when you have a scenario like that, and I say this as someone that didn't do that, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. If you're going to claim an objective with one of your lower initiative ships, you need to then point the rest of your ships, if there's another ship that could possibly claim it at higher initiative, towards it to yep. either take advantage of them taking the scenario action and then not potentially not having mods, or at least not as many mods if they have force. Yep. Um, or just completely disadvantage, uh, disincentivize them of doing the objective action at all, and let yep. you keep on to it. Um, you yeah, have to be a little more aggressive in that regard when you have the lower initiative. It's why, uh, it's why my boy in the A-Wing, who makes you die if you have him in your bullseye is always nice to have because you can hang him out to dry and someone takes the objective and they're staring down three X-Wings with minus one agility. Exactly. exactly. Oh, and you also have no mods because you took the objective because you're getting greedy for points. <laughs> so, Rob, do you have any particular objective placement or strategies when it comes to how I... you set up your scramble? It largely depends on what list I'm flying and how aggressive or defensive I'm planning on being. Uh, I generally try to get a little bit of an idea of my flight path. If I'm trying to be more aggressive, I trend the place the the objective I get to place further away so I can get to it as I move really quick. If I'm planning on being more defensive, I try to place it closer to me. If that makes sense, that mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. Which is, I I I have and probably always will be a very offensive player. I play this game to roll red dice, um, so I generally try to place my objectives more on my opponent's side of the board because i'm not going to 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 dance around i'm going to come at my opponent and then if they try and dance past me i'm just going to claim the objective because i'm already flying that way anyway so i can divert one or two ships maybe to claim the objective and then come back around so maybe it's the ship that got damaged and you're trying to like cycle them out with your healthier ship. So the, the damage ship runs and then just claims the objective and kind of comes back around from the outside. Um, obviously a lot of this all depends on what you're flying and what your opponent's flying, but majority of the time I tend to take the more offensive, aggressive strategy and place the objectives closer to my opponent, because that's more where I plan to be uh, and try to keep them a little bit, closer together um now if you haven't played the game in a while satellites did change a little bit 
where they used to be five satellites, which was ridiculous. Uh, the amount of points you could gain in a turn, potentially. Uh, and then they also used to have that dice roll to flip, which uh-huh. was crazy, uh, and could honestly be kind of infuriating and really demoralizing if you're down, you go for objectives, and then you still don't get them. I'm kind of glad that they made the change to not uh, requiring a dice roll, because you can yeah. have really feels bad. <laughs> and it, it's not just feels bad if you're the one who's losing. I mean, I've won games because m- my opponent has taken the objective from me, given up that crucial mod, not scored the point, and then exploded. And how can you celebrate that? Yeah. How can you say, I outplayed my opponent when actually they were legitimately screwed by the dice? Because it's not a case of not having mods. It's not a case of this. It's not a case of that. It's a case of one dice roll prevented me getting any points. Exactly. Yeah, they fixed that pretty quick, and I'm glad they did. Yes, well, they they fixed both the action and the amount, because they realized that Scramble, because they're what I like to refer to as (laughs) sticky objectives, where once you claim them, you keep them. Yeah. Um... It wasn't completely unheard of to earn four points in a turn. That's like a whole ship. They're earning yep. three points in a turn is is in a lot of cases equivalent to killing an entire ship. And I think that helps in Scramble too, if you think about it that way. And it kind of applies to a lot of the scenarios. But if you have the ability to earn two, three plus points, that's a lot of the time the equivalent to killing an entire ship. So you might give up some offensive capability, either taking actions to pick up objectives or just potentially not having your arcs pointing in the right place because you Uh had to to move towards them. But you might earn just as many, and in some cases more points, doing that with the objectives than just trying to kill your opponent's ships. Now, that's not to say you don't try to kill, still blow up your opponent's ships, but there are those scenarios where it's 100% the right choice and you can end up earning more. Yeah, like Scramble and Salvage, I think, are the two that snowball the most. I would say, especially because... It used to... Salvage still snowballs. Scramble, not so much. The, the, well, the trick is with Assault is it's... A, depending on what kind of ships you have and everything too, it's sometimes not easy to stay close to them. Yeah, there's some ships that can you know just kind of one hard in a circle uh-huh. and stay next to still captain two objectives because they're big and whatever, or whatever. But that's not a, there's a lot of ships that can't do that. Uh-huh. Um, so it can be a little trickier to still play the game and still score the objectives on the the assault, where that's yeah. not the case with salvage and scramble. No, salvage and scramble became the games of get the objective and don't die, as opposed to play the game exactly i think and that's why that and that's why scramble got changed and not the others yeah i mean well, uh uh salvage did get changed slightly as far as the the actions you can take in the maneuvers mm-hmm. and then yeah. the only change to assault was the change to all scenarios where there's no first round scoring which was a phenomenal idea uh-huh. first round scoring led to some really dumb scenarios it it really <laughs> benefited it, yeah, exactly. It benefited the ships that could do that. And have mods. And still have mods. Which, it turns out, 
passive mods are good. Who would have thought? Uh, yeah. So when you go to spend that action, because you have to, it has to be your perform action step. If you yep. have the ability to have force or generate tokens somehow through some ship ability or whatnot, or even or do sometimes, two actions. Hmm? or even do two actions. Yeah, correct. Yeah, because you can, like Poe, for example, can claim and then do his ability off of mm -hmm. that. Uh, silencers and interceptors can claim and then barrel roll or boost off of that, mm -hmm. um, which can be important. Um, and Jedi can boost your barrel roll and then claim, which turns out yep. is also really good. And yep. then still have force for shooting or defense. Exactly. In some cases. Exactly. Uh, it makes a big difference on, uh, and we'll talk about salvage more late, uh, on another episode, but uh, for any of the scenarios that require actions, those passive mods like that are big, which I mean, coordinating is still really important because it can give you tokens to have so you could perform a scenario action and still have a focus or evade or lock or something like that because you can't actually coordinate the, the, the actual scenario action. Mm -hmm. um so any kind of it's really any kind of passive mods whether it be re-rolls or a coordinated mod uh can be really helpful in a in those two scenarios uh because i think we've all had that time where you're sitting there and you go do i focus or do i pick up this box or flip this satellite and you claim the objective and then you die yep <laughs> it's happened to all that. of us uh, yeah. And it'll continue to happen, and that's part of the point of the scenario. Um, but it's a decision. Um, mm -hmm. And I we talked about this kind of, I think it was in the last episode, I could be mistaken. Uh, the more decisions you need to make your opponent make, the better. Because the more decisions they make, there's a more likely opportunity that they'll make the wrong decision. Which will hopefully be able to put you in an advantageous scenario. So if you can keep your opponent have to keep flipping the scrambles over and over again, um, especially if you have passive mods and they don't, which is exactly what happened to me in my game because I was just flying 6FO. I'm claiming objectives and have no mods. The Jedi can claim them. They can move, they reposition and claim them and still have mods for offense and defense. Um... And then the other thing is they're also high initiatives. They got to just claim them after I did. So I spent my action to claim. Then they get to claim it and still have mods to shoot me. And then I then have no mods for defense. Um, it's really something you have to take into consideration when, um, when playing something like Scramble. Um... As far as specific ships that benefit, I wouldn't say benefit so much, but stand out in Scramble, um, we already mentioned Poe, because yep. like you said, he just gets to do a second action. It can be whatever, so he can get a mod. Uh, obviously, Malorus. Turns out, unlimited focus is good. Um, obviously, Jedi, because yep. Force... Uh, and the Jedi are usually high initiative, which in Scramble helps with claiming, because you want to be able to claim it last. Uh -huh. uh, droids 
with network calculations. Yep. Um, the clones with Born for This, the new SL clones with the ship ability that all clones should have had. Hot take. Because mm. um, that is a hot take. Be, I, I don't really know if it is. Because then clones would actually be good. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see. Exactly. Um, Boba, because Boba always has mods. I don't care where you are, who you are, or what you're playing. Boba has mods. Uh, keep that in mind. Uh, and we don't really, you know, we don't really see it too much anymore. But the Rebels do have that token sharing capability that almost over half that faction has. Speak for yourself. I see it a ton. But also, <laughs> my local meta is broken. I don't know if broken. They're they're. You're um... going to see it tomorrow. Am I? Yes. Yeah. Collusion. I'm, I'm, I'm calling collusion. Can you call collusion this early? Or this late? Yeah, I can call collusion whenever I want. That doesn't mean it's going to do anything. Especially when one of the people colluding is the T.O. Oh, I'm not colluding. I just said you're going to see it. It'll be there. At that point, it's just a sense of foreboding, possibly even a threat. This is this is slightly ominous, and yeah, I, I do feel slightly threatened. That's okay, Rob's looking that. at Rob's looking at the lists that everyone else can't see, and he's just giggling, <laughs> cackling evilly to himself. I still haven't submitted mine. That's right. It is. It is. We're 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 less than fourteen hours away from the tournament, and I still have not decided on what I'm flying at the tournament tomorrow. Oh man, are we going to have a whole episode about therapy for Chance and his uh, his list struggles? That's going to be the next episode. It's going to be the Chance Crawford's Hopes and Dreams Memorial episode. Yaxp 2.0. Chance yep. walks into his showcase tomorrow and sees 16 rebel lists and just lets out a deep sigh of exasperation. And I what are they all armed with? Torpedoes. You know, I only live like an hour from showcase. And there is <laughs> a bar. go home. Like, right down the street. It's the weekend. It's five o'clock somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, boy. Maybe I will bring draft clouds. <laughs> Who I knows? I haven't clouds. decided yet. Also, here's a question. This is, this is a legitimate question for you, Rob. If you were playing tomorrow, or let's say there's a buy or something, and you like play whoever has the buy, so they get to play, what would you bring tomorrow? It doesn't matter. I have because... a list packed. Do you do? Do you do you I care do. to share it? Uh, sure, I can share it. Um, it is Kylo Ren in the silencer Hello. with Malice and Proton torpedoes. Uh, your three FO boys, well, girls, Malaris with cluster. DT or Scorch and Bigger Scorch with Shield Upgrade and Backdraft. And I don't remember what Backdraft has off the top of my head. I know what he should have. That's probably what he has then. <laughs> I actually tried that exact list uh, recently against a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Andrew Lewinsky. You might have heard of him. Um <laughs> 
uh, we played a game on uh, on Tabletop Simulator that came down to uh, I had to kill a two health Fen to win, or he was going to just win on objectives. Um, unfortunately for me, he did win on objectives. Um, the standout of the game is, of course, the only time Fen took damage was a range three shot from, I believe it was Backdraft, that did a hit and a crit, and he had a shield upgrade, so it was a hit into a direct hit into Fen at range three, because it's the only time Fangs take damage is range three. Yep. Um, but I wasn't able to, to put the nail in the coffin on Fen. Uh, but I do really like that list. I had a slightly different build on Kylo, uh, because I don't do torpedoes and extreme maneuvers on Kylo is really fun. It lets you do really stupid stuff. Yeah, Chris's Kylo build is extreme maneuvers and advanced torpedoes, but proton torpedoes and malice is a drug, man, and I can't get off of it. Sure, sure. It does kind of suck against I-6, because trying to get the lock and stuff on the I-6 can be a little rough. Um, and with that, I, that, with that advanced proton torpedo, Kylo just gets to bully any ship that moves, uh, that moves before him. Especially you when can you can do a lot of damage once you don't have sensor scramblers, do you? No. Ah, see, I don't fly a silencer without sensor scramblers. Now you want to talk about no, a I rug. Mean, That's yeah. a rug. I, yeah. I think that is a small, so small mini rant here. I think Sensor Scramblers is one of the best designed cards in the game. It's not so good that it's broken or decides games or is like, I, I, I guess it is kind of a must take, but it's not like notorious where if you have the option to take it in a list, you're stupid not to take it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is also still a really good card and lets you do things in the game that you wouldn't normally get to do. So it lets you play a little bit differently and, you know, things turn out a little bit differently than they normally would, which I think is healthy for the game. Um, I was having a discussion, actually, with someone earlier about Whispers um, and about how I thought it actually might be cool to bring back the Whisper, but make its ability work like Sensor Scramblers where it has to decloak in the, the end phase. Interesting. Instead of the system phase. So you already, when you're going to plan your dials, you already know where it decloaked to. So it's still good because it lets it do things that other mm -hmm. ships just can't do. But it takes away some of the, the mystery as to, is it going to decloak, you know, left, right? It's probably going to do the one hard candy cane, but which way? It, it stops it being a phantom with a turret. Yeah. I mean, it's so sort of, because they, they can still do it. It's just a lot more obvious where they're going to be mm -hmm. when they do it. So I think they would still be good, like I said. But part of the reason I I, st I would like phantoms to be in the game, because it's just decloaking is fun, and the phantom flies unlike any other ship in the game, which is fun to fly, because it you know it's it's different. It makes it... It's, Fresh isn't the right word, but there's you can only do so much to a dial Unique. in X-Wing. Unique is yeah. the right word. Thank you. You can only do so much to a dial on a ship in X-Wing to try to make it fly differently than another ship. Um, but having that decloak maneuver with the dial 
really mm-hmm. makes the Phantom a unique moving ship. But I understand that how they work now is really good. <laughs> um, but the end phase decloak, like sensor scramblers, I think would they would still be good. And you could obviously like make new pilots or something like that. Um, they would still be good, but they wouldn't be as auto include as they were previously. Yeah. Um, and c- correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't done it in so long. Uh, Rob, resident judge here. Um, what's the rule with crates and cloaking? Isn't there Don't an interaction the there? Like um, you can't cloak with a crate. If you, I, I think if you pick up a crate while you're cloaked, you immediately lose your cloak token. You don't decloak, you immediately lose your cloak token. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that... you, you wouldn't be able to to abuse one of the scenarios with phantoms because of the cloaking ability either. Yeah, I mean, for just from a law perspective, could you imagine you're looking for the ship that's trying to kill you and you just see this crate floating along? <laughs> no, what? obviously the crate gets cloaked too. But the crate's held by a tractor beam, not actually physically attached to the ship. Yeah. But g- give me my give me my phantom back. It's a fun, cool ship. Um, and I think we need a, a few more more unique ships in in the game. That aren't unique to the point where it's not good, which I is a is it's a problem, right? You make a ship too unique, it can end up being a detriment or just not viable in an actual competitive sense. But I mean, I'm playing competitive, but I still don't want every game to feel exactly which it doesn't right now. I'm not saying that it does, but you don't want every game to feel sweaty. I mean, I kind of do. You got me thinking about Sensor Scrambler now. I'm not sure how to Good. feel about it. <laughs> it's just Sensor Scramblers. I'm not even a First Order player, and I'm wondering why you don't have Sensor Scramblers. Because I can't fit it's... it, because I'm obsessed with Proton Torpedoes. So am I, but I would make the sacrifice. You don't have to have Malice. You're already getting an auto crit with, with, the torpedo, with yeah. torpedo, and Kylo really likes his Force. Yeah. <laughs> He does want to show you the dark side. Ah, uh, not so much. No, I know, but still. Not, not so much. Oh yeah, that upgrade's bad. Or yeah, I know. Ability is bad. I know. Yeah. Yeah, especially uh, with crates, it do- it actually negatively impacts crates because you don't actually take a crit; you are just dealt the face-up damage, so you can hit someone with a crit and they don't lose a crate, which that sucks. Yeah, that's terrible. Like, Don't worry, we'll get standard Kylo soon. I can, I can, I can dream. I am yeah, I'm, waiting. I'm, I'm waiting for the standard. Oh God, I hope not. I'm waiting for the standard Kylo, standard backdraft, standard Lehues trio. Ooh, I Much love... like the Vader backstabber. Yeah, that sounds. I don't know how it would work. I don't care. I just think it'd be amazing. Yeah. I also just want Lieutenant French back in the game. Uh, for those uh-huh. that don't know, uh, Lieutenant French is Commander LeHughes. Um, it's terrible. 
<laughs> but I mean, so, so Rob, now that you got me thinking with Kylo, you could do proton torpedoes, sensor scramblers, and instinctive aim. I hate instinctive aim. Really? Why? Isn't That's what you got for me. You spend a force to just throw a torpedo with practically no mods. That's what munitions five seven exists for. You could still have. You can't. There's no mod slot on the silencer. Because the ship is perfect, you can't modify it. Anyway. <laughs> but it, the, the, the instinctive aim allows you to uh, threaten I-6s without having to take yeah. a lock, and you're still throwing four dice at them. But on the other hand, so, on the other hand height and perception. Uh... Oh, hi, Wedge. It'd be a shame if you died before you fired. Whose side what? are you on? <laughs> I'm on nobody's question. side, because nobody's <laughs> on my side. See, the answer is brilliant evasion. Is not, it? Not on a three agility ship. But when you get two focus, you spend one force, and you don't die. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, but... Confirmation bias says that you take it, and you're never going to roll focus t- focuses at all. This is coming... Confirmation bias coming from one of the people that... Always swears by heroic. Swears by heroic. <laughs> yeah. Which is... When you when you actually boil down the numbers, a terrible card. At two points, yeah. How yeah, dare at two you? Two points, yeah. Though one of my opponents at ECG, I think, rolled triple blanks on his A wings like five times in our game. Getting you dice. But he had heroic, so it was fine. Except when it wasn't. It it was mostly. It's it's oh. what ruins me is I get excited when I see three greens. And then my hopes are dashed every single time as I watch my opponent pick them back up and yell heroic and roll them again. Do you know it what is one really of the best feelings in the game? Do you know what really upsets people though? Is when Poe rolls four blanks with the proton torpedo and you heroic it rather than spending the target luck. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. First time I ever used Poe in a competitive setting, that happened. I deleted Luke Skywalker in one hit. In one hit? Took two hits, fought two crits. Both crits popped up direct hit. Oh my god. My opponent basically left the table after the first engagement. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> I, still, I, still, I still feel bad. As far as an anecdote goes, it still makes me giggle, but the look on his face, the lit, it lit up when I rolled four blanks, and then I picked him up and he said, you're spending your target luck, and I said, no, heroic. Rolled them again, two hits, two crits. Ah. Oh. Yeah. You hate to see it, and you also love to see it. It, In my defense, it was Supernatural Luke back when Supernatural was, was 12 points, so he deserved everything he got. <laughs> All right, you know what? You, 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 you actually got me there. Yeah, he 100% deserved everything he got. We didn't know it at the time, <laughs> but knowing what we know now, that he deserved everything he got. Undiscovered card, Supernatural Reflexes. Turns out it's a really good card. <sighs> Well, at this point, that, 2.0 was like card, three weeks old, so no one knew what any of this banned. did. That card got banned, essentially, points-wise, and people still took it. <laughs> I 24 points. People, But people were still taking it, and it was still doing well. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until it got actually ban-banned did that mm-hmm. card finally stop seeing... Uh, seeing use. <laughs> well, I still maintain that Supernatural Reflex is Anakin with Afterburners 
is possibly the most fun you can have in the Republic faction. For one, for for you, yeah. <laughs> Suit yourself. What was you play the, first order? What was the supernatural reflexes light they came out with later? But uh, precognitive. Precognitive, yeah. For that half never... the price, it was a third as good. Yeah, that never really took off. Because it sucked. <laughs> it was ba- the problem is, is it was basically advanced senses. You couldn't do anything else after you did it. That's right. That's right. That was what it was. But I don't think... Because remember with Supernatural, if you did an action that wasn't on your action bar, you took a damage. Mm-hmm. Did Precog have the same thing? Or could you just I think only you took do... a strain. I think mm. you took a strain. Yeah, the, the, another negative. Because, you know, Jedi just love being strained. Hang on. Though I guess the, 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 the thought is if you're doing that, you're not getting shot because you're just arc dodged. Yeah. You hope. Yeah. I think I only ever flew Supernatural Anakin maybe once, but I definitely flew Supernatural Vader on more than one occasion. The thing that I always used to forget about Supernatural was because it was before you activate, not when you reveal your dial, not when you reveal your dial. You could still do it while you were um, ionized. Hmm. Not anymore. Not anymore. Broken. But, huh. Reminiscing of old 2.0 busted, busted cards. I remember when Jedi first came out, and at first everyone were down on them and said they sucked. <laughs> now here we are, and Jedi That's... just won the Sith Taker Open. But that's the thing is it was mainly the American community that was down on Jedi because the American community was like clones, 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 clones. In Europe, it was all about the Jedi. You only took clones as filler. <laughs> yeah, the, the cheap V-19s back yep. in the day. I flew Republic at one point a so very, very long time ago. You I sold, sold mine. And I, I did sell mine. I still have it. I flew Republic once recently at uh, Showcase, nonetheless. Um, and I got it out of my system. <laughs> Turns <laughs> out uh, I6 Anakin is good. Yep. <laughs> especially in the Y-Wing. Yeah, especially Full circle. in the mm-hmm. Y-Wing. No one flies the Delta 7 Anakin anymore. It's all Y-Wing Anakin all the time. All the the Y-Wing all the time. Exactly. I-6 Protorps. It's just, uh, it's like we mentioned earlier. (laughs) It's good. A drug. Wow, we just went in totally different way, totally different directions there. It happens. (laughs) So, but yeah, uh, turns out Jedi are good. Who would have thought? That was but, one uh, hell of a segue. <laughs> Listen, although we have we come for, we have come full circle because we're back at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, like we were reading off the notes, and then it just went woo. Not supposed to. You're not supposed to say that, Rob. You're you're it's behind the scenes. Liberty Squadron podcast coming to you live and unscripted. Apart from the fact this is scripted, which also remember, uh, this is also I forgot to mention at the beginning. Um, this is a memorial episode in honor of Paul Braggins. Um, Paul I died Braggins a horrible death last night. Of, of a, a horrible cold. Yes. 
So, you know, we will have a moment of silence for Paul. Not actually. Uh, instead, no. I'm going to talk about the upcoming <laughs> tournament at East Coast Gamers on uh, March 25th which will be the tournament for those that unfortunately can't make it out to Worlds. Uh, I can almost guarantee you they will have Worlds streaming on the TVs because they had the Sith Taker open streaming on the TVs last weekend. So I guarantee you they'll have Worlds streaming there. Uh, I am going to do everything in my power to not be on stream and make myself look like an idiot. Um, We'll see what happens. But, uh... As I, I would be there if I could, if it wasn't Turn Worlds. Uh, I believe Paul will be there. That's the idea. <laughs> um, I already mentioned it once before, but I'll say it again. East Coast Gamer Tournaments, always worth going to. Um, so hopefully they can still get a, a good turnout uh, while some of us are uh, sweating profusely playing copious rounds of x-wing in an attempt to uh look at the final tables at worlds uh i will make it through that last chance qualifier that's the that's the only that's my goal is to just make it through the last chance qualifier because i feel like i have to for obvious reasons what's that laugh what's that laugh for all right, so now with that chance pun, uh, I want to shout out AMG for finally bringing Squirrel Girl to MCP. And there it is. We, we, Rob yep. got his MCP uh, shout out in the podcast every episode. I was going to bring it up during the scramble discussion, but I decided not to, but here we are. <laughs> and on that bombshell. On, correct. On that bombshell, I think that is uh, going to call it for tonight. Uh, so everyone, have a good night. Uh, and grit good. Good night, y'all. Good night.